Welcome to Win the Day Podcast, hosted by Cyrus Jaffrey. Here we interview the top entrepreneurs, industry leaders, business owners, as well as individuals that perform at the highest level in Omaha, Nebraska, and the surrounding areas. We dive deep into their thought process and things that they do to separate themselves from the competition. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Win the Day Producers Insurance Podcast. My name is Cyrus Jaffrey, your host. I've got Benito Ortiz. What's going on, big guy? What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing good, man. My co-host Benito and then Jason Kilgo. What's happening? What's going on? Hey, good to see you guys, man. Hey, today, uh, it's a, I think it's a special episode because I'm the one that's going to be interviewed. Um, man, I'm excited. I'm in this industry, man, to share my wisdom. If I can provide any wisdom, I can provide any insight to any producer out there or any agency owner. Uh, that's in the thick of it. And if I can teach you a couple of things, man, I was, I, I, my mission has become to impact a million lives in my in my lifetime, man. And if I could do any of that, man, I'd, I'd glad to, which is why we said, hey, why don't we interview, why don't you interview me, tell you a little bit about my background, and then we'll kind of go from there. So I am not the interviewer. So I'm going to stop talking now and I'll have you two, man, take over and uh, fire away and uh, we'll go from there. Cool, cool. Well, I'll jump in right away. Um... So, I mean, you know, for the majority of our guests that we've had on here, um, you know, we always start with just give us a little brief background on how you ended up in this crazy industry. Um, I know you spent some time as a captive uh, and then went independent, but tell uh, tell the listeners kind of how that all came about. For sure. Um I've got a I've got a pretty crazy story, and I don't think we need to go all the way back to my lifetime, but kind of where I started, but I I I just briefly like I I'm, I'm originally from Afghanistan, so I'm a refugee man. In the early 90s, the Afghanistan, uh, in Afghanistan, um, the Taliban came over to invade Afghanistan in the early 90s. The first time they came over again, they came back again in 2021, and they came and bombed our house. So I, my mom tells me this story, and I'm writing a book about the escape and, and kind of where I'm at. But um, so we basically got as a refugee, got out of there, went over to went over to Pakistan as a refugee, and then basically in a lottery system, tried to come to the U.S. And then nine times later in 2002, I came to the U.S., which a high school, college, all that. I didn't speak a lick of English, to be honest with you guys, 20 years ago when I came here with our with my mom and and, and five of us uh, siblings. Uh, but 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 here we are, man, kind of living the American dream, to be honest with you. So um, and um, and and so I uh, I went to I went to I went to school right after I got out. I was like, OK, what do I want to do? Uh, now that I am um, able to potentially find a job for myself. And and um, one of the things I would like to go back to is like, so soccer, I played soccer in college and I played soccer in high school and I played some pro soccer. And that was kind of one of the biggest things that that made me who I am because like I was this guy that didn't speak any English whatsoever that everybody made fun of and, and basically bullied in high school because in 2002 is when we moved here. And then five months earlier, September of 2001, 9-11 happened. So I was that kid from Afghanistan that came here and everybody kind of is just hating the Afghans around that time because of what happened, because they're thinking we all have something to do with that, which is obviously not the case. So a long story short, I picked up soccer, which was kind of a savior for me because um, it taught me how to make friends, be a part of a fraternity, how to be competitive. And people started liking me because I was really good. 
So then after, so that kind of got me into like popularity to call it to where I was more, I was very social then. Like I did I, in college, man, I partied just like everybody else. I had all the good, uh, the fun stuff. And, um, and right when I got out of college, I was like, okay, so I know a lot of people. I'm, I've been in Omaha for 20 years. Um, and, uh, I've got a really good social media presence. I was like, where do I, where do I want to get into? I was like, okay, well, what are the commercials? Because I feel like I'm a really good salesperson. So the, all the commercials were like this one state farm was doing a lot of commercials and then Wells Fargo was doing a lot of commercials. And I was like, well, both of those jobs, if there's a recession, I'm, I'm always going to have a job. So I was like, okay, cool. So I'm going to pick between those two. And I applied for both in, in 2010, 11 and uh, state farm said, no, you're too young. We don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to have you. And Wells Fargo said, yes, come become a personal banker, worked my way through the ropes, became a mortgage officer three years later. And then met my wife at that around this time. And her dad is a state farm agent. So I walked into my wife's house at the time and I was like, dude, what do you do for a living? He's like, I'm a state farm agent. I was like, cool, dude, I'm going to be a state farm agent. And I went back and applied uh, for the third time now. I got denied again and then applied for the fourth time afterwards because, man, uh, never given up is a mantra in my life. And uh, I became a I became a state farm agent and then I left. Uh, about three and a half years ago to come on the independent channel because I don't need to tell you why I left State Farm, right? Because uh, if you're not, if you've left State Farm, you know why. And if you're at State Farm, man, it's a great place. It taught me a lot of good things. So that's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, and, and so kind of get us a, a little bit of a of a current state where you're at um, as far as book size and number of employees and you know, how, how your operation runs. Yeah, man, I, <laughs> this is, I've had to answer this question quite a bit because we've been talking to, talking to VCs every day for a tech platform, four or five of those every day for the last month. So um, I've kind of, so we have, we basically have four, four uh, pillars of our organization. The number one is a, is an insurance agency, just like everybody else that's listening to this, man. Like we, um, organic growth, 95% of that business comes from a mortgage lender, real estate agent. Uh, we've got about 10 employees and I believe that's about a $12 million book. Um, and we started that, um, uh, three years ago, obviously three, three and a half years ago from State Farm and, and that's rock and rolling, man. We got a good, we got a good group of people in Omaha. My brother is our CEO who runs the day to day. Our, we have an operations person, two or three service people, four or five producers. Uh, and we're basically, man, in, in our hometown here in Omaha, Nebraska, I mean, we rock and roll and we build a lot of good relationships. So that's my organic agency that we have built. Um, that is running. And then the second piece of it, we do a lot of uh, joint venture relationships, real estate mortgage companies across the country. Um, and uh, if insurance agents are interested in learning more about that, man, I'm glad to help with that. Uh, the third piece of it is going to be, we have like a small cluster group as well uh, with a bunch of friends that we have started. People are just like, hey man, like I, I was at State Farm. I don't know what to do. You left, what can you teach me? So we, we, we it wasn't really meant to for me to do that. It was just, I was trying to help some friends and then now we have got about 32, 33 of those. And then last but not least, the Q, Quotimation. So it's a tech platform that simplifies quoting. You could go in, put Jason Kilgo in your address, pulls your pulls your MSB information, score footage, your built, all that stuff with just two seconds. Uh, and then says your built and all that stuff. And then it goes into the next page, pulls up all your vehicles that you have, all your drivers in the household, and gives you a quote within six to 10 carriers uh, within your own code, and it goes into your management system, which for us it's Easy Links, um, and it's a problem we had in our in our world because we did twelve 
1,500 quotes just in February alone. And I don't want to go hire a bunch of uh, 20 to 30 producers. So I said, we got to build the tech to simplify quoting. But then I wanted to go to my management system and the carriers as well. So there's no double entry. So now our, our quoting is done through through Quotimation. We just went beta test this month. We beta test done. We just went live with Jaffrey Insurance today to get all the kinks out. And um, we're excited for that. So those are the four things that I've got going on. Cyrus, I'll tell you what, I've heard a lot of good things about Quotimation from others. So yeah. whoever you've been talking to or whatever technology you guys are working on, I know it's going to be superior and it's going to be awesome. It's going to provide a lot of value. So, hey, man, we got to get together and get on that. But the question I've got, you said you were a mortgage loan officer. Yes. Yes. So in the mortgage loan officer field, I was a loan officer as well. Mm-hmm. And that's a scalable business. That is a very lucrative, scalable business. I know in this market, it's a little tight right now, just like pretty much every market, insurance market, every market is, is tight. But you know, back in the day, it was a very lucrative um, position all now. It's very stressful, extremely stressful, mm-hmm. a lot that goes involved, um, a lot of risk, right? Because it's commission only, but it is scalable, just like that state farm agency. What made you say, hey, I'm going to leave this business and try to scale insurance? Well, the biggest reason, to be honest with you, is I was at Wells Fargo. <laughs> uh, nothing about Wells Fargo, nothing against Wells Fargo, but everything against Wells Fargo. Um, I, it's not it's not easy to run a business inside of Wells Fargo, right? Because, man, most of it's funny because there were loans that like we would take 60 days to basically get to closing table and then it didn't close because Wells Fargo said, oh, we found this and now we can't close. So like... Um, I don't know, man, if I was with a different mortgage lender, maybe, um, and things were a little bit better and the payouts were a little bit better. Um, I don't know, maybe I'd still be in the in the mortgage world doing some cool stuff. Right. So, like, I don't know, but I I love I love the mortgage industry, man. So, like, when we talk to mortgage officers, I'm like, hey, bro, like, I know exactly what you're dealing with. I know exactly what right. you want uh, when you work with an insurance person, because I was in your shoes, man. Insurance people were coming to me saying, hey. Can you send me? Can you send me leads and all this stuff? And and so I so I understand your pain points, if that makes sense. And I'm here on the insurance world, man, to to simplify that pain point for you and make it easier. So yeah, man, I wish I don't know. The biggest thing, honestly, was that I was with a bank, uh, and you're more like um, it's kind of like being at be, for some people just being in a bank and all these rules and regulations and all this stuff that you got to deal with to close a deal and to make like four hundred dollars on it. It just it just wasn't gonna go far. Uh, far for me. And remember in 2013 and 14, the layoffs at Wells Fargo. So I remember in 2011, in my at my Regency location in Omaha here, there's about 65 loan officers on second and third floor of this building. In 2011, in 2013 and 14, there was only like 20 left. So like, I was like, well, they're just firing people left and right, because if the loans are not coming in, man, see you later kind of thing. So kind of like the corporate world, like if you're not going to perform, if you're going to not do this and you don't probably don't have a tomorrow. Right. And a lot of people were leaving to go different directions. So it kind of put some doubt in my mind. I'm like, am I in the right place? And then I, I after, obviously I met, I met, I met my wife's uh, father, father-in-law now. And um, he kind of told me some things about, about the insurance world. I'm like, I tried this three years ago. They told me I wasn't good enough. I'm going to go do this again because of the residual business, man. So real estate mortgage, nothing against you guys. But unfortunately, 10 years from now, man, you got to wake up again the next day and got to write a policy to make money. 
And for me, I love the renewal business because I can use all that money to build tech and to do other things in life. Whereas I, I, was, I was a real estate and mortgage, man, I got to wake up every day and make money because the money is not promised tomorrow versus the insurance world, which is why I think it's honestly the best industry in the world is insurance because of the renewal business. So tell me a little bit about you starting at you know State Farm or when you were you know started your independent uh, about how you were as a producer, you know getting things and hitting the pavement and getting it up and running yeah. and you know yeah. getting that paycheck. You know you know this is a producer's podcast, so let's 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 hear a little bit about that. Great, great question, man. I I was obviously the best producer in our office um, when I was a when I was a producer. So for me, it was pretty simple, man. So here's. Here's one of the biggest things that I did that I think differentiated us right away. So in 2013, I became an agent with State Farm. And in 2014, I was told, hey, go go buy a bunch of quote wizard and ever quote leads and go write a bunch of auto insurance. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's do that. Because that's what they tell you to do. I go buy thousands of ever quotes and quote wizard leads or whatever. And we're just dialing. Hey, Mr. Customer, I'm calling you. Guy, you went online or whatever, shopping around, getting the person to basically... And we're like, oh, I just talked to like another person two minutes ago. Oh, I, I've got three calls scheduled for today with three other people. So like, I'm like, okay, this is crazy. Like 10 other insurance agents are calling the same person. I was like, that's the definition of stupidity, right? Is basically like, I was like, dude, my conversion ratio wasn't even close to where I wanted it to be. It's basically where I'm going at because you're competing with 10 other people and you've got maybe 30 seconds to impress this person to work with you because you've got nine other guys calling or called before you. So for me, I was like, all right, well, let's figure out a different way to do this. So I said, okay, what? let's figure out what is going to be our ideal product first. So as a producer, I was like, let's go find what's my ideal product. I said, do I want to focus on auto insurance or can I go to home insurance, life insurance, whatever that is? For me, it was like, everybody's chasing the car insurance. Let's get away from that because there's too many people in that bucket. Let's go to the home insurance. I was like, is anybody chasing home insurance? In 2014, not a lot of people were chasing homeowners insurance. I mean, there's a little bit, some loan officer relationships and stuff, but like this was, guys, remember, this was nine years ago, right? 10 years ago. Like it wasn't as as it is today. So nobody was chasing us. Okay, so I found my product. I'm going to go do that. Once I found my product, and then I was like, where is that product going to come from? How can I get these leads? I was like, where can I, who is selling, who is selling homeowners insurance? That's mortgage officers, real estate agents. And then, and then I figured out who our ideal client was at that time. Our ideal client was then became a homeowner. A homeowner has good credit, two or three cars, umbrella policy, and every carrier. And that was State Farm's ideal client. It became my ideal client. So I went from product to who sells it to who my ideal client is. And then we chase the people who you can go to at a point of sale to be able to get that product referred to you, if that makes sense, right? Once I figured that out, I went over to my social media, man. I said, okay. And I was I had a lot of friends um, at the time on social media. This is Facebook nine, 10 years ago. I said, who are my top 10 loan officers and top 10 real estate agents? And started liking their stuff, commenting on their stuff, started doing golfing stuff with them. And I did lunches and coffees, man. I went to work on the networking piece. I started going to work. But I called my friends first because I said, here's the thing. Realtors and mortgage officers, no good realtors and mortgage officers when you talk to them. So if then they talk to each other all the time. They're like, hey, oh, yeah, yeah, you got yeah, yeah. my buddy who's a realtor, who's top realtor, uses you. So we're going to use you as well. So I, in turn, build credibility. 
But the way to do it, in my opinion, is to go to your social media, find your five people, five or six people, see if you can connect with three of those. You just need three, need three or four to connect with. And then they're going to connect you with the mortgage officers, if that makes sense. And also remember, mortgage officers are like, we love mortgage officers, just like mortgage officers love real estate agents. So if I'm a producer, if you have a good relationship with a real estate agent, that real estate agent can really push you to that mortgage officer because they work together, right? So it's a triangle, mortgage, realtor. So that's what I did, man, in 2014, 15, and 16, and did it the best to where we became the 30th best agent in the country in FIRE, which is homeowners insurance, FIRE product with State Farm, because we just focused on that instead of the auto insurance. So anyways, long story, uh, long, long way to get to it, but that was my model, Jason, is how I, as a producer, pretty much changed the game and now it's all we focus on that's great i mean you got that experience as the loan officer so you know the back end you know the struggles and stress they've got to go through and if you can ease that pain pain point just like you did with quotation right it all flows absolutely man so if i was if i was you as a producer man you got to figure out what's pain points for the mortgage lender real estate agent if that's your point if that's who your market is like 95 percent of my business from all of our organization comes from a realtor and a mortgage officer so i'm like what are their pain points they want to go top golf they want to go golf they want to do this they want to do that they want to like coffee they want me to send them a happy birthday to their kiddos whatever that is is but you don't know. Each one is different, too. Like, you can't do the same thing for everybody. Like, you can't send a Starbucks gift card to a realtor who loves scooters. Like, that's not going to go very well for you, man, because they're going to give that away, right? So you got you to gotta find what they really like and then basically wow them with like, a, with, like, a handwritten card and some things like that to differentiate yourself if I was you. Yeah. Yo, yo, and I, I, I totally agree. And I think we're getting back to the point now, like in this industry, where those things matter. We, everybody was so busy, 2020, 2021, that that it was just kind of like shooting fish in a barrel, right? But right now is like the time where we can go back and actually focus on what does our um, our journey, our referral client journey look like and what, how do we want these relationships to run? Um, one thing that I get asked a lot, and I, I know uh, I'm sure you do as well, but, um, you know, so as far as the, the, the social media stuff and, and who you uh, associate yourself with as far as the mortgage officers and stuff, is there a certain criteria that you're looking for? Uh, is there a, you know, like for me, I don't really care how many loans you do. I just know I want all of it. You know, whether it's four or 40, I want all of it. Yeah. And I want people to want to work with me, you know, on the loan exercise. So what, yeah. what are some of the things that you look at uh, on that side? Because I, I, I get that question a lot from people that want to start working with, yeah. um, with referral partners. Yeah. Oh. The, the best answer for you is if you're starting new or where you're or like for me, for example. So I'll give you two answers. If you're starting new, man, you, you can't go to a loan officer that's doing 15 loans because guess what, dude? That guy's got a guy. If a loan officer doing 15 a month, like that dude's not sitting around sending looking for an insurance person. It's very rare, I should say. So if I'm starting new, man, like there's a lot of new loan officers that do three or four, but like they're friends with you. That's the biggest thing is like. They, how did you build credibility? Like, do they know you? Is it your wife, brother, sister? Or is it 
whatever, right? Your uncle's friend, that's a mortgage officer. I feel like you just got to get into that game. You got to slowly like get your water, get your feet in the water, right? Slowly, like have some coffees and stuff. Like it's okay to get a guy that sends two a month, maybe, or one a month. Like you can't go to like, like for me, it's different though. Like, so that's for the starter. If you're a new person, man, go to your social media. And if you don't have social media, like I get it. Some people just don't have social media and some people are maniacs. So I would say you just literally go to your phone or your book of business. Like, dude, I promise you, you insure some loan officers in your book of business, right? So if I was a new person, go insure those people. Dude, if you insure a loan officer, show them the way of you do business and what differentiates you from other agencies. What's the best way for them to send you a referral saying, dude, I work with Cyrus, right? And Cyrus's team, like I know how they treat me. Like you can call them anytime and all this stuff. They're always available. Like Mr. Klein, like you're going to want to use Cyrus's office because of this, this or that, right? So like, I would say go to that first. But if you're a guy like Cyrus or a guy like Benito and Jason, because this is our space, right? This is a personalized producer's podcast. Like this is our space. This is what we do the best, us three in, 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 in the industry, I would say. So for us, it's completely different because we're basically going and saying, I, I really, no offense, but like I really don't have time to work with a loan officer that does two loans. Like I'm going to the loan officer, loan officer manager, the top of the top of the top of the chain. Where I'm hitting today is I'm going to places that have 20 or more loan officers, and I'm going to the top and saying, "Hey, what can we do to be your preferred insurance person all the way down to the bottom?" And here's my track record of what I've done with loan officers in the past, right? But a guy that's starting, they can't do that because this guy's going to laugh at you. They're going to be like, what? Why? Why you? Right? Like you haven't done anything. So I go to them. I say this. Listen, man, like I insure 150 loan officers. Here's what I do that differentiates me from everybody else in the market. Right. And and then they they, they do some credibility check on you. Right. So if you're going to go to the big docs, like they're not going to say, let's do it. Right. They're going to say, OK, um, you, you put some names in there. You say, hey, I work with this person, this real estate agent, this real estate company and that stuff because they want to know where is your credibility? Like, What have you done in the market? So like, give them some big influencers in the market that they look up to because they look up to the real estate world and have them go check your credibility. Say, hey, what do you think about Jaffa Insurance? How is their office? How is their service and stuff? Because they're going to do that. If a loan officer is going to work with you at that extent, like you're saying, Benito, like you want all of them. If they don't trust and like you and your team and not just you, because I don't do any of that. I haven't done a quote in two and a half, three years. Like, I don't know. But if they don't trust and like your team, they're not going to send you business. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like that's so how do you get your team across there? Say, say, listen, this is why my team is the best and what I bring to the table and what other insurance agents in the state of Nebraska will not even be close to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think I think and I think Benito, you're you're hitting on this and. Cyrus, you're going over, it's like, you took it a step further. You took it to the next level, what you're doing. But I think people need to like really deep dive on the loan officer relationships that they really want, right? If they have a connection, if someone's giving you referrals, you really need to deep dive with that person. You need to know their family, their anniversary, their birthdays, their kids' birthdays, their dog's name. You know, you need to really do a deep dive on that. It's not, it's not so much. I think. A lot of producers out there say, oh, my gosh, I need to call, you know, 50 loan officers a day and, and try to get referrals. Mm-hmm. It's not the way to do it. You you need what do they say? They say like a solid 20 to 30 relationships will get you the numbers That's you it. need to hit to make the money you want to make. And then what we did is we say, look, 
keep those relationships and have a, I don't want to say a script, but have a process for that, right? Have a process for follow-up, have a process for engaging. But then every week, just talk to someone new, talk to a new loan officer. Mm, Every week, keep adding, you know, that's 52 new relationships, potentially a year. That's more than enough, more than enough if you break it down like that. And that's in your book already, guys. Like, think about it. Yeah. How many times do you get a service request for a for 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 from a processor or somebody like that saying, "Hey, this person bought a new house. Is your client? Can you send me? Can you send me the mortgagee information?" Right. Like, if you've got some kind of a book, even if you've got a a small book, like you're gonna have some some processors and loan officers that are gonna reach out to you. That are probably real estate, in, real estate agents. They're gonna reach out to you and say, "Hey, this person is refinancing, or this person is doing this, or bought a new house, guys." That right there is gold because if you take care of that right away, the processor will be like, "Wow, man! Like within five minutes, he got me a renewal. He asked me if I can if I could do anything else. It also asked me, "Hey, is there anything else we need to do for this file?" A day later, reach back out, say, "Hey, I just want to make sure that loan closed. Uh, I just I, I just really appreciate you guys using us." But think about that. If you do things that other people are not doing it, and remember, processor most of the time. If you're a big loan officer. You're referring once in a while, but the processor who's where the relationship really is because processor dishes out those emails, right? For EOI request. So like your best friend should be the loan officer. Sure. But your second best friend got to be the processor. Like what have you, how many of these insurance people have done anything for the processor? We do a lot for the mortgage officer, but has anybody done anything for a loan officer? Guess what? Those loan officers are admin people like you have in your office, your customer experience. If when, when people, roofers, for example, when the roofers that come in and bring my people like scooters, the scooters that they like, that makes the processor's day or the, the admin's day. And guess what? The next time they have a referral, it's going to go to you. It's not going to a Joe Schmo that's not done anything for them, if that makes sense. So I feel like a lot of insurance agents are missing the mark on the processor piece, which how important it is for those processors. That's where I think we need to build a relationship as well. Oh, well on, on some I, heroes. Sorry, go ahead, Jason. Hold on, Benito. I just wanted to add something to that real quick. Um, Cyrus, you, you hit the nail on the head. I had a, a processor and the loan officer did, I don't know, 100, 120 million and and reduction a year. I mean, that's that's like three, four hundred loans a year. And we were only getting a little bit. I was like, man, something's going on. So we started really talking with the processor. She became a client. Mm-hmm. She became a friend. She became someone that was like, hey, Boom. this testimonials were just going crazy. Well, I found out that she was actually fostering dogs. Mm. And one of her problems was is that she didn't have the extra money. She not always had the extra money to to like do the you know get the dog food or the the, the treats and or maybe even the time to get that get that stuff for these pets. Like you know, like certain dogs are finicky, right? They just, mm. some some like some treats and some like dog bones and everything else. So, I what I did was I went and I got her a huge gift basket. Nice. Of nothing but dog treats, different dog treats, different dog bones, different dog jerky and all kinds of stuff in there. She was floored. She was wowed. And now that relationship is inseparable. They give us everything exclusive. Wow. I mean, that's that's taking it creative out of the box thinking 
to say, hey, we really do care about you. We see what you're going through in your day-to-day life, and we're here to help that. So I just wanted to add, you know, the producers out there, you got to take it to another level. Yes. And you got to listen, right? Just I call it active listening. Listen, shut your mouth, but be active in how you can respond. And it doesn't have to be language. It doesn't have to be speech. Think about how you can respond and make a difference. Well, when the roofers... When the roofers come to your office, remember, like, are you as an agent referring that like for me, for example, like I don't I don't answer our phones that come into our office for service. Like, so if a roofer comes in, Cyrus, can you send me some business? I'm like, yeah, like some friends that maybe call me like, sure, like I'll send you. But like, you got to build a relationship with our customer experience team because they can send you hundreds of referrals when a claim when a claim happens. But like me, I, 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 I can send you maybe one or two that I may get a call from. Same, same right. philosophy on the processors. Absolutely. Sweet, man. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, Benito, can I say one more thing on that? One more thing on yeah, that, yeah. officer. Last thing before we go to that. Guys, we just implemented a new thing that honestly is a game changer for organic mortgage and real estate is anytime a referral partner sends us a business, a loan officer and a real estate agent, we donate $10 to their, to the nonprofit of their choice. Okay. And then at the end of the month, we say, Hey, Mr. Client, you got a hundred dollars. That's going to go to Ava's army, which is fighting leukemia for childhood cancer. Thank you for doing that, man. The organization shares it on their page. The mortgage officer is living the dream saying, man, thank you so much because nobody has ever done that. And it's $10. That's going to go to that organization from you. It it doesn't cost you anything, anything more than this. Really. It's not going to break the bank for you. So like, I feel like a lot of our insurance agents and producers, if you're a producer, like go to your agent, I can promise you, if you want to implement this, like they are going to the agency owner. I mean, they should pay for that $10. I promise you, you got to take a lead on that. Go to your agency owner and say, hey, we're going to start doing a nonprofit with this mortgage lender or mortgage company. It's going to be $10 per lead that they not legally. Every lead that comes in, obviously, has got to get it, whether you close it or not. You can't put that on there, obviously, to where it has to be closed. But $10, send it to a nonprofit, man. You're, you, should, you should feel better about that. They feel better about that. The organization is better. And overall, it should definitely give you some PR in the world as well, which is not PR. It's not about PR and marketing. But at the same time, it does help with that. Yeah, absolutely. We love that. Benito, we're going to let you speak now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I appreciate it. No, <laughs> I just want to switch gears a little bit. So I think the two things right now, you know, from from being in these interns groups, from seeing and talking to other producers, you know, there's two things right now that, that agents and producers are hurting for. One is new business, which I think we've, we've spent time on and, and, and answered. And then number two is, culture and staff and keeping people motivated and not getting burnt out in the tough market that we're dealing with right now. Um, and, and truthfully, when I, when I, uh, you know, kind of heard about you, uh, we, we were talking about joint ventures in one of the insurance groups. That's how we met. Um, and then, but once I kind of started following you and seeing, um, your organization and how it's built and the, um, you know, and, and then also the the culture that you've been able to foster through that, that's kind of what's made me stick around and and, and want to, you know, be more involved in your business and and, yeah. and in our friendship. 
And so can you talk a little bit about that? Like, you know, yeah. what, what your company culture looks like um, and how you've been able to keep your people motivated. Um, because, I mean, even as a producer, like keeping yourself motivated is something. But then, you know, yeah. more and more we're seeing producers be responsible or not responsible, but needing to help foster the service people's um, you know, their motivation and helping keeping everybody in the pocket. It's much more of a team game than it was, I think, a couple of years ago where producers just on their own, you know, willing and dealing, shaking babies, kissing hands, or however that saying goes, uh, and and making that happen. But it's not really that anymore. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. Dude, culture eats strategy for breakfast. That's literally our 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 agency model, uh, agency motto. So for me, man. So, so, so when I, when I look at this, I've always, I've always been one of those guys that I love going home. Like at four 30, like when I left my captive company, my wife said, sure, you can go, but you're going to be home at four 30. Cause we got, we got three kids. Right. So like, I was like, that was her only stipulation. So like for me, like four 30 is when I go home, I get home at five and I am so freaking excited to get home, man. Cause I miss my kiddos, right? Six, four, two. I miss my, I miss my wife and that time there. But then when I leave in the morning, it's like I'm going on vacation, right? Because I loved what I do. I love the culture we built because you, when people work at a place where you don't have the right culture, that's when the, that's when work gets toxic, right? So if you associate yourself with the right people, man, have the right mentality, the positivity, it all starts with that. Like, so when I come here, it's like I'm on vacation. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Like the everybody's mentality. So like, there's two things we do that have literally changed our culture from a from from where it was to where it's at now. We have a nine o'clock meeting and a one o'clock meeting. We have people we have people all over the country, right? So like across our organization, I think there's ninety two people and twenty five of them are W two employees. Those twenty five from from El Salvador to Texas to Minnesota to Nebraska are all on the call at nine o'clock and are all on the call at one o'clock. And, and those two have turned into cultures because everybody gets on and it always ends with something positive. We have a rotating fashion of take me home and the take me home. It has to be with something positive. There's never a meeting that ends without gratitude and there's never a meeting that ends without positivity. So we've instilled positivity like anywhere that you can think of in our culture, which in turn, there's not one person here that comes in and says, Ah oh, man, I gotta go to work. They come in here like, let's go, guys. It's gonna be a great day. And if somebody has a bad day, you're gonna have a bad day, dude. Like when you work with 20 some people, like you're gonna have a bad day. I get it. The other people come in and cheer those people on. Say, hey, listen, after 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 every winter comes the spring, right? And if you have a bad day, how can we help you? So for us, it's that, man. We've instilled, uh, we, we we read one book a month um, as an organization, and that's a requirement. Like, if you work for me, if you don't read a book, like, you're not going to be a part of our organization. And the books that we read are all about positivity and are all about the culture. And it's all about um, getting their minds, minds to be in the right state of mind to accomplish things that other agencies are not going to accomplish, right? So that's what we focus on on a daily basis and all the books we read. Books are about positivity. We feed in positivity at 9 a.m., gratitude at 9 a.m., 1 p.m. So every time you come around here, man, everybody is just pretty much happy because there is no room for anything else other than that. On top of it then, right? Now, all that is said and good, right? But like, you got to also create like a fun 
videos and fun team atmosphere. So like I'm I'm almost like I'm not their boss by any means, right? Because like I'm not involved in any of my organizations as far as like the day-to-day goes. So bringing on four or five other people on our leadership team, which we have a leadership meeting, there's six of us. Every entity has like a leader, a CEO. We come in, we figure things out, and then they go to their branches or whatever and spread what we need to spread, if that makes sense. So that has really helped. And then one other thing that's really helped with the, because the guys always have fun. Sales is fun, right? Like I enjoy like sales is fun. How do you keep the culture inside of the service team? That's the, that's a million dollar question. Like dude, sales is great. You're selling a policy. You're excited. You're going to make money. Like you don't have to do any of the service. How do you build a culture over there on our other side? This is my sales side. That's our service side. For that to happen, I figured out a formula to where every account manager, every service person is attached to another uh, another a team, right? And this team has goals every day, right? And they have an incentive. So if the agents do X, Y, and Z, the service team gets gets $100 at the end of the week, right? And these are CTE goals. CTEs are calls, text, emails. It's just effort. If the sales, their they're, they're pod, there's three salespeople to every account manager and service person. If they hit their CTEs, calls, text, emails, what they have to do per day. And at the end of the week, if they each do that and we hit the metrics, this, this the account manager. So the account manager, we have instilled to say, account manager, go over there. Say, hey, what can I do to help you guys? Uh, what is there anything else that you need? So it's like a team inside of a team almost at all times. Mm-hmm. And they're all little pods that they have built. And it's all they're all coming in. They're saying, guys, we need five more calls. Hey, you need 10 more calls. So 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 we built that environment here, man. And it's been it's been a lot of fun, man. And you guys see some of our some of our videos. We do the gritty, the girls dance outside. Our social media team and marketing team always finds different fun things to bring in to to liven things up in the office. So it's been uh, I mean, it's I, I, like I said, man, I when I come here, I feel like I'm on vacation. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, uh, tell us about the push-ups, man. Been seeing you do some push-ups. Uh, yeah, trying, so, trying to get rid of this bad bro. I see you. Yeah, 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 for sure. So push-ups, another, another culture thing, man. Like, so the guys came up with it and say, hey, guys, like, um, we're going to, we did We did the 75 hard challenge as a team. Everybody started 75 hard and everybody fell within the first like 20 days. Um, I'm still the only one that's still a modified 75 hard. But we did say, okay, three times a day, anybody could come in and say 30 push-ups and everybody's got to hop on and do it. So it's like, um, so I can just go out there right now and the guys are sitting over there. There's like seven or eight of them. I say, guys, 30 push-ups and they have to do it. So it's kind of like a game. Like, you know, sometimes the girls would come in and say, guys, push-ups. And then like everybody gets down and does some push-ups. We made a joke. We said, we will be the, well, we're going to change our name to Big Chest Insurance because after, <laughs> after, after after this year, man, we're going to have the biggest chest in the insurance insurance agency <laughs> around, around the industry. So Say it with your chest. Yeah, say it with yeah. your chest. Say, we say that, dude. Say, say it, say it with your chest for sure. So, so for us, for us, culture is honestly, and, and the culture is fun when you're winning, right? Culture yeah. is a lot of fun when you're winning, right? And we don't win every day, right? There are times where we don't, we don't, we don't win. And that's okay, man. So like, what are you doing on the times that you don't win? Like that's where really the culture really sticks out, right? We had a couple of cancers in our organization, man, that were sticking around for way too long. It was bringing our organization down. So finding those people, kicking them out. Um, and, 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 and that really helped. 
uh, get us get us get us to the next level. But man, if we have a hundred employees, two hundred employees, three hundred employees, like I don't. I don't know. I don't think our culture will ever change. Um, and, and our culture is like, my door is open, man. Like I'm the, I'm the organization, I'm the lead in the organization, but like anybody can come to me and be like, Hey man, like my cat died. And I'd sit here and be like, Hey, your cat died. I'm sorry, man. What can I do to help? Right? Like, so, so open door, open door, kind of a, kind of an office, if that makes sense to where people can come in. And uh, we got a, we got one of our team members. He's right here. He's getting married on Saturday and our whole team, everybody's going to be there. We're going to have a big old party. We're going to have some drinks. We're going to have a lot of fun. And uh, we have two or three parties around the year um, where we get together and, and we do the gritty, if you know what I mean. Um, um, some things, some things like that. We clean up the park as a team. We've made that a culture to where everybody gets excited, bring their kids. We clean up a park that's assigned to us to park a cleanup park Omaha initiative. And afterwards, we buy lunch for everybody and we hang out and talk. So it's a cool vibe, man. It definitely is. That's awesome. Cool. Well, I know we, we, we're kind of running short on time here. Yep. Um, Jason, do you have uh, have anything else? No, I, Cyrus, I mean, this was a, a lot, a lot with this show. A um, lot to absorb, a lot to put in play. Um, if you're a producer, I'm sure you got a full page of notes and uh, a lot, lot to put in play here. I mean, even for me, I, I love your culture ideas. I'm taking them, bro. I'm taking hey. them and running with them. Um, take you know, them. You're, you are you are one of the most successful people I know in the industry. You're doing you. some things that I just I, I think are making such a big difference in our industry. Um, I can't wait to see this uh, quotation come out. Just love what you're doing with your people. I will say this. Um, you know, I follow a couple of your teammates. They, you know, they 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 found me and they they. Mm -hmm. Asked to friend me and I accepted and I follow them. And I tell you, if your people have a bad day, I do not know it. <laughs> I'm sure they do, yeah. but they really do love what they do. I mean, you are a great leader. You're a great example Thanks, of, of someone coming in. And I, I mean, you just, you're a thinker, but you're not afraid to roll up your sleeves and get into it. And that's what I respect about you the most. And, uh, I just love being your friend, man. Love, love hanging on your curtails and, uh, Glad to, glad to follow you on the journey. I'll pay you later, bro. Thanks. <laughs> no, I mean it. That's what I my know, heart, bro. I, I know you do, man. <laughs> well, man, how am I supposed to follow up on that one? I love you too, man. I love you too, man. <laughs> man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. No, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can, I can, you know, middle a lot of what Jason said, um, you know, this last a uh, year of, of kind of hanging out with you and, and um, being around and, and, you know, kind of watching the journey and getting advice and, and all that stuff, man, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So I appreciate you a lot. Um, but so let's, let's get into the three things that you got to do to win the day. And uh, yeah. I won podcasts just like we do. Hey, I would say so that I ready? learned, I learned from, from you two way more than you learned from me, man. Like people call me all the time, you know, like they're like, Hey, I saw your stuff on IOA. Like, can you tell me a little bit more? I'm like, and I'm talking to them. And some of them are like, they just started like literally. And I'm like, man, that's a great idea. But this dude maybe has $300,000 in premium. So like, dude, like anybody can learn from anybody. You're no better than nobody. Right. Like, so like, I think that's, what's cool about our industry. Like, and I would encourage people that are at the level to where if somebody's calling you, man, you should be proud of that. 
that you've done something and you should share because there's going to come a time where those people will be sharing yep. to other people and we're all going to be better. Like, and there are some people, unfortunately, that are not going to share and that's okay. And I encourage those people, man, to like, if somebody reaches out to you, like reach back out to them, man, because there's a reason, like, I feel like God puts people in people's life for one reason or another. And it's always for a reason, man. And you gotta, you definitely gotta, gotta take that. And, and I would, and I would say to the producer guys, there's a lot of people willing to help. A lot of people. If you've reached out to yes, a couple sir, of people sir. that have not or give you bad advice, it's okay. Go to the next one. There is not one thing that I've created myself, man. I've always learned it from a podcast. I saw Jay, saw Jason, saw Benito, saw somebody else in the industry doing it. We may do it a little bit better, sure, or not. But like we always learn from other people. And the only way this industry becomes better is we all share and we all learn from each other. So how I win my day, my day is pretty easy, man. Like um, you win your day in the morning, right? Like you win your day in the morning, man. And the morning for me is a couple of different things um, that you got to do in the morning, um, a morning routine. And then uh, one of the things in the morning that is extremely important to me on the way to work, man, I pray. I pray for things to go well. I pray for me to become a better leader. I pray when things are bad. Not a lot of people pray when things are going good. People always pray when things are going bad. Dude, pray if you believe in that, right? Things are going to be just fine. God's got it. God's got a plan for you. And then number two for me on the on on the wind of day piece, uh, right away when I come in here, man, is I got to get a little bit of dose. Uh, those of my team, man, because I feel like some of these people are friends. I have two of my two two of my brothers and sister that work here. So so make an environment in your office to where like when you walk in, it's a fun environment. It's a culture thing. It gives you that Red Bull like when you walk into this office. And if you don't have that culture, that's okay. Go find a culture because when you should get to work. It should be like, let's go, let's make it fun, right? And then number three, don't ever lose sight of what's important, man, which is family. Because all the success in the world, any of that stuff, man, like none of that shit would matter at the end of the day. Like not enough, there's not enough money in this world that 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 is as exciting as like my one and a half year old running to me at 435 when I get home and giving me a hug. Like there is no price to that, man. So don't lose sight. Like there's no reason for you to work till 12 o'clock at night, guys. There's no reason for you to do that. That basically tells me that you're not maximizing your day from 8 o'clock until 5 o'clock. Do not lose sight because the insurance agencies specifically, this was at State Farm as well, the divorce rate in the insurance world is exceptionally high. And, and don't, don't add a number to that, man. Take care of your family, man, because at the end of the day, that's what's most important than anything else. Strong advice. Yep. 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 Well, for me. awesome, guys. Uh, think we we'll, need to do a part two. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. For let's sure. Go. Especially once this quotation drops, man. I'm, I'm real excited. It's going It's going on today. And you two, you didn't even know this, but you guys are going to be our beta test. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna give it to you guys for free. Test it out. Give me some harsh criticism because uh, this the quotation started because I want to help. Our industry yeah, needs a little bit of the help. And and if I could do something, man, that would be awesome. So. All right, man. Sounds good. Well, we won the day. Let's, let's go get another. See you guys. Have a good one. Be good. Be good.